city girl in her heels Made up a small town bones She was loud and soft And somehow it was all at once And I could not get enough Welcome to Acoustic Conversations, everybody. It's, it is 2009. It is great to, to be here, to be gathered around the mics and the guitars. Uh, my name is Pete Wright, and I am sitting here with Kurt Siffert. Kurt, hello. Happy New Year. It is nice to be back. Can I say nice to be back when it's at my house? Nice to still be here. Wow, I don't know. I guess that's okay. You haven't moved? The, the velour is still comfortable? And uh, we are here with our first... Artist of 2009, Tyler Stenson. Hello, man. How's it going, guys? It is going really well. It's great good. to have you here. Ah, it's good to be here. We're very excited to uh, to to uh, hear you play a bit for us tonight, and um, you're going to do some new tracks. I'll do some new tracks, some uh, rarely heard standard tracks, and uh, rarely probably heard standard probably tracks. and then probably one uh, oldie but goodie. Very nice. Well, we're looking forward to it. Um, we ran into Tyler. I, I had not heard uh, you before. I'd heard that you were the Portland Songwriting Association Songwriter of the Year in 2007, right? And that was your mm-hmm. second. Yes. Your second win of that particular uh, award. Yeah. Uh, but then I, I hadn't heard you sing or perform until just a couple of weeks ago at the West Coast Songwriters Association yeah. uh, performance. You did a couple tracks. You were, they were just fantastic. So um, uh, really excited to have you on the show. Why don't you uh, start out with a song here? Uh, okay. Tell us what you're gonna what you're gonna play, and I'll start with the new one. It. Excellent. Uh, just finished this one. It's a song called "You Already Know," and it's. Uh, you know, it's a pretty, uh, pretty standard tale about uh, boy meets girl, and it doesn't work out. And uh, I suppose it's a true story. City girl. In her heels Made up of small town bones She was loud and soft And somehow it was all at once And I could not get enough So I made plans to go to the grave with her And hold her high until the end But she's impetuous But then there's me maybe twice as much Both too hell-bent to bend And so there's not room in this town for the both of us And one of us should get up And go And I drove by your house Oh, to tell you how I feel 
But it looks like that's something you already know So I made plans, but what's that mean? Means I became not myself. But you were drifting left, and me, I was falling down. But that's a book full of shelves. And so there's not room in this town for the boat. One of us should get up and go And I drove by your house Oh, just to tell you how I feel But it looks like that's something you already know Well, I know now not to make a plan Don't fall in love with the breeze Don't start saving for a wedding ring Till she says yes in writing Cause she might say, get away, get away I wish I could Cause then now I could be all well I could be all well And I I might finally Get some sleep one night All night and night I might finally Cry And so there's not room In this town For the both of us one of us should get up We should go And I drove by your house out Just to tell you how I feel But it looks like that's something you already know Beautiful. That's fantastic, Todd. That's a brand new one. Let me, I, I want to read you a quote from you. And uh, I'd, I'd like you to expand on a little bit, particularly as it relates to that song. Okay. I've never written an emotionally generic song. If it didn't actually happen, it doesn't get mentioned. I don't write about heartache if my heart is whole. I don't write about losing my job if I'm employed. I don't write about being in love if I'm not. Well, I just, uh, I suppose I might have dug myself in a hole years ago. It's still true. It's still true. But um, 
it's one of those things where, um, you know, uh, uh, considering I'm borderline country music, um, country music does a lot of, of that, um, you know, machine type of songwriting where, um, you know, you end up getting Garth Brooks singing it, who's clearly employed, you know, and stuff like that. And so it loses to me a lot of its heart. And so I made a pact with myself years ago that I would, uh, only write songs that were true at the time. Again, uh, sometimes a song takes two years and uh, I'll write about, I'll expand on heartbreak and my, I may have a girl at the time, but um, when, when, when the uh, concept is schemed, um, it's uh, true to the core. How did those concepts come up for you? How did, tell us a little bit about your songwriting process. <clears throat> well, my songwriting process um, kind of all revolves around one journal. I keep one leather bound kind of a, a archival journal and um uh, if i hear a cool word i'll write it down um within it if i hear a cool phrase uh, i'll write it down if i come up with something uh, you know I, I write it down and uh i do all of my songwriting within it and so uh that song for example probably had eight verses written um and they're all in that book but i just picked the three or four that i like the best um and so what i end up doing is i um i take my idea and um, I, um, I actually spend years writing songs because um, what I do is I play them live even when they're not done. Um, so even if I'm mumbling uh, incoherently, uh, what I come to find is that certain vowels pop up in certain places and keep repeating themselves, certain alliterations. You start happen. filling in the blanks with words. That... I, I end up drawing a little map where it's yeah. like, well, this line wants to end with an O. Uh, this line wants to have a, this S and S alliteration within it. And so you start to, you have your idea and then to one up it, you have a roadmap knowing that, Oh, this line wants to end with an O. So what word ends with an O and then, you know, how do I precede that? And so um, it's actually kind of, uh, again, it takes me years to write a song because I'll come up with the, with the phrase and then I'll ad lib live for six months. And I like to think I'm writing the crowd at that point. Like, you know, if I throw something really loud or a, a kind of a over-the-top alliteration, you know, it called for it at that moment. And then uh, typically after shows, I go home and um, remember, oh, I liked what I did yeah, tonight yeah, yeah. on that line. And so it becomes official. So even though, uh, you know, it might take a while to write a song, yeah, you're pretty prolific. So you, you're probably working on a whole bunch of different songs at any one time, aren't you? Yeah, um, I pretty much tried... Um, it's not a set number, but I try to have at least five songs going at any given time. So I always feel like I'm making progress. Um, so if I finish, if I finish a song, I just road trip to Salt Lake for Christmas and I finished two songs that I've been working on for, you know, uh, six to six to eight months at that point. And it's like, yes, I finally finished a song, but, um, there were songs filling in the gaps all along the way. So yeah, I try to have, I try to have a lot of my plate at once and, um, which is hard to juggle at the same time. Uh, <laughs> you have to, you have to literally think to yourself, I'm going to think about this song tonight. Right. Well, that's the other thing is like, uh, I mean, it seems especially as a career gets a little bit more active and you're gigging a lot more and you find it more and more of a challenge to actually schedule yourself the time to actually be writing. Yeah. I, um, I, I rarely sit down and write a song. I, it's usually piece by piece, line by line. I do a lot of my writing when I'm driving. And so I'll think of, okay, Today, I need to think of these two lines to finish that stanza. And so it, it happens. Um, 
But at the same time, um, when I am busy, uh, it's my mom's theory, but uh, when you're busy, your creativity is a luxury and it's the first thing to go. And so I, I don't have the day job anymore. I am a full-time musician, but when I was in the day job and when I was in over my head, you know, with stress and whatnot, I found writer's block was the first to come because I just, again, like I said, uh, creativity is a luxury at that point, And it's yeah. more of a fight for survival <laughs> in a lot of ways. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested in that, uh, in that transition from, you know, day job employed, you know, struggling musician to, or struggling to be involved in music, mm-hmm. uh, to making the choice and having the planets aligned, uh, around, uh, being able to quit the day job and, and go at it full time. Maybe we, you could do another song for us and when we come back, you could talk about that. I can do that. Uh, this next song I'm going to do is, um, this is, this is an oldie, um, it's a single off of my Lander album. I had a band for a while that I wrote, uh, wrote and I put together and wrote the songs for. And uh, this was the single. And it's kind of a rockin' tune, but it was actually originally written in this format. Um, it's called Radiate. She took back the sunlight that she gave me And disappeared down the loneliest highway And I am resting low on this day Somewhere where I'm not She radiates And I don't mind Or do I mind I don't mind Or do I mind Cause in the night the light is about to burst And all those good lines they get lost in the verse I'm just a subtle glow on the stage While somewhere where I'm not she radiates And I don't mind Or do I mind I don't mind Or do I mind Oh
Cause all my days are slowly fading gray Well, somewhere where I'm not, she radiates That's Radiate. We're talking to Tyler Stenson. Tyler, that was off your, you said it's off your Lander album. That was, at, uh, that Orange was the Sky. Orange Chrome Sky. Yeah, it's the track uh, number one. When did, that, uh, when, did, when did you release that album? 2006. Uh, again, I put together a band called Lander, mm-hmm. and um, we were together for about... About a year and a half, and uh, that was the that was the record that came as a result. Uh, let's take it even a step back from that. Your your f- the first album I could find was your band called Rhetoric Tuesday. Yes. When did that start? How did how did that band come about, and how did that lead you through uh, through to where you are today? Uh, Rhetoric Tuesday. Um, so I started playing uh, music in about 1999, thanks to my mom. She recognized the fact that I could sing. She had me singing my whole life. And so she pushed me into vocal lessons. She's like, do you want to take vocal lessons? I was like, ah, as an athlete at the time. And so I was kind of and like, And you, ah. you come from a very large family. Yeah, family of 10 children. My mom, uh, as long as I can remember, had us all singing and at Christmas That's Eve. It's hard to believe she could find you. <laughs> That's a very good point. <laughs> That's true. Now we were all, we were all around and uh, she, uh, as long as I remember, she had us singing and harmonizing. And so I, I had the concept of music and then she uh, put me into vocal lessons, uh, more or less as a, uh, kind of a secret hobby of mine. And then um, I, I figured, well, this serves me no purpose um, without an instrument. You know, I'm not going to be choir boy singing in my room type thing. Like I, I wanted I wanted an accompaniment, basically. So I picked up the guitar Started playing, and uh, I wrote my first six songs, and I recorded an album called Princess Willie <laughs> in 1999. Is that out there for blackmail? <laughs> uh, I, I, haven't, I will not release it. Um, <laughs> funny thing is, is I have friends today who uh, didn't know me, but uh, went to a neighboring high school, and it somehow got into their high school. And so the day they met me um, and heard my next album, they said, I know your voice. I know your voice. And That's right. Like, it's the bootleg that wouldn't die. Yeah, you're, are you from Princess Willie? I was like, <laughs> yes, I am. Which which sounds funny, but my favorite movies are Princess Bride and Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, oh, there you go. And so yeah. it wrote itself. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're right. That, <laughs> wrote that, that was a gift. <laughs> it was a gift, yeah, from up above. <laughs> which is brilliant. good. It's, yeah, it's uh, you know, uh, arguably better than the movie in a yeah. lot of ways. Oh, yeah. I, I liked it a lot. So I wrote my first six songs. I uh, did a Princess Willie with a couple of favorite cover songs on there. And then um, the summer before I headed off to college, uh, I put together a band. Um, it was my keyboard player, who was coincidentally my absolute best friend of all time. And then I had another uh, buddy from the same high school who was a, an amazing blues guitarist. And then um, I needed a drummer, so I, I remembered this kid named Tommy in the jazz band at school at, in high school and i literally called his parents house said is tommy around uh, i need to talk to him uh and he was happy to do so it was a summer project in a lot of ways and we recorded a six track ep i guess they call it and um uh to me it was magical um the rhetoric tuesday low ceiling album was um Arguably, I had more f- more fans on that album than I do now. It, um, it got some great exposure, and um, I even lost some fans with my new because it was a lot more pop pop rock, and so I've even lost some fans uh, to my to my new more intimate style. 
I, I, I'm very interested in your, in this discussion of character in your songwriting, because, you know, I mean, I, I, I you're absolutely right. I mean, I, when I listen to sort of your catalog, uh, it, it, it really, um, spans this, this sort of pop rock to kind of the revisioned Darius Rucker mm-hmm. to the, you know, country undertones to frankly, if you listen to the right songs all in a row, you might think, boy, Tyler Stenson's not a happy guy. Yeah, it's true. It's um, true. how does that, how does, how does that character shift over time for you? How does your character as a, as a poet and a musician change? over time too. Well, a lot of it involves wearing my influences on my sleeve. Um, uh, back in the day, I make no denial to, I was a Counting Crows fan, uh, huge. And so Adam Duritz, even today as a poet and as a lyricist is in my eyes, top notch. You can hear it. I, you can hear perfect blue buildings is in your <laughs> voice, man. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Uh, so, uh, um, I was such a fan and, um, um, so the music I was writing was uh, very similar to a Counting Crows vibe, and uh, it started to plague me in a way where, again, that record got great, great exposure, and I literally heard from some powers that be, um, lose, lose the blatant influence and we'll talk type thing. And so um, a lot of me um, actually abandoned um, listening to music too much. Um, I went... I went for a while and are, uh, even still now, I don't listen to a ton of music because I tend to wear my influences at the time on my sleeve. And so what I ended up doing is kind of um, returning to my roots. Cause the reason I'm a singer today is because of country music. And it was, um, um, it's like Garth Brooks is the reason I'm singing today. But then I remember um, probably in 2001 or 2000, I saw uh, Dave Matthews and Tim Reynolds on Storytellers, VH1. And brilliant. It was so brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. As a, a younger me saw that and it immediately turned me on to the, uh, to the abstract, like writing abstractly, like Dave Matthews, um, just, you know, all of his stuff isn't, because country is very superficial in, in a way, or at surface level. Um, you were or you were not drunk the day your mother got out of bed. <laughs> yeah, you were or not. Binary. And so I was a country bumpkin. I just loved country music. But then again, Dave Matthews turned me on to the art of writing abstractly. And it, it's not all it appears to be type thing. And so I picked up the guitar because of Dave Matthews. Um, I started writing more poetically because of him. And then Rhetoric Tuesday came about. And um, again, it was very feel good pop rock. I was in college. And so I wore that on my sleeve. It was very ho-hum type. Uh, I'm in college without a care in the world. And so, again, I, I wrote about what I knew, and I had a long-distance girlfriend, so a lot of it had to do with... Uh, Love and distance. longing from a distance. Love and longing, yeah. yeah. It's rich material for music. It is. It's, <laughs> it, it, plagues my, it plagues my music. Um, yeah. I'm happy to tell you it's not all about one girl, and so it's, I like to tell people that because it doesn't mean I'm stuck in one area necessarily. <laughs> but, um, so the low ceiling was recorded um, here in Portland, and it was my first professional recording. And, again, to me it was magical. Um, to this day, I'm proud of it for what it is, uh, even though it, it's not me anymore. Um, I still revisit some of the songs. Um, and then we did a, a live album um, in studio, but all done live. And that was this called was the Moose Live Lodge. at the Mis- oh, Moose Lodge. Uh, Moose Lodge. Yeah. Okay. The, the Moose Lodge Sessions. Okay. And so I'm probably going to, that's not released yet, but um, I, I'm getting some knocks on my door from old Rhetoric Tuesday fans. So I'll probably release a best of Rhetoric Tuesday album. Um, just a throwback kind of that's great and then i guess moving on to lander um 
it was the next logical step. I wanted to, um, I lost some members um, on good terms, but it wasn't the same band uh, as it was. So I kept trying to drag Rhetoric Tuesday. Um, I kept trying to keep it alive, but I had lost my best friend slash keyboard player to East Coast marriage. Uh, happy for him, but you know it was his time in life to take off. Um, the guitarist had his own project going. My drummer went long distance. So I just was losing people. And so I said, well, now is the time to start fresh. I'm a new, I'm a new writer. Um, the name rhetoric Tuesday, when you're at a bar, never came across clearly on the microphone. And so, and people could never pronounce it correctly or spell it correctly. So I went with my, my, my namesake for Lander was the town I was born in completely unmistakable how to spell it. And, um, and it did have that kind of a bit folk rock we called it epic folk actually at the time epic folk is a cross between dave matthews and power country well i would well i would basically go to my go to my band with these borderline country songs and then they a five-piece rock band turned it into kind of a um soaring atmospheric um it kind of had a even a pink floydish you end up with more of a jam session yeah it kind of was a jam jam band country and so and so we we (laughs) We coined the phrase "epic folk" because uh, it was just epic. <laughs> uh, moving to the present a little bit, your most recent album was co- is called uh, "See That Gleam." See that gleam, and um, uh, a very different tone uh, from that sort of jam, yeah, uh, jam history. Well, I will do. Um, I'll do a track called "Better Be Us All." Actually, this is a song I wrote for my brothers um, and one of one of our mutual best friends, but, um, and I suppose for all the songwriters out there. An interesting man I know's got the music in his bones. He writes the songs, but he can't stand a rock and roll. His name is on his right hand as he hides behind a wall. Somebody's gonna make it, but you know it better be a soul. Oh, older brother, he's the dreamer of some dreams. Like he stretched out the gray and he made it green. And I could see myself in him just a little bit too small. Somebody's gonna make it, but you know it better be a soul. Somebody's gonna make it, but you know it better be a soul. Somebody's gonna make it, but you know it better be a soul. Oh, little brother, you are not the only one. Just don't get burned in the Oklahoma sun You're trying to get to heaven I'm just trying not to fall And somebody's gonna make it But you know it better be a soul
I'm a music maker trying to make a dream. But getting there is as endless as it seems. So I'm going to California, even if I have to crawl. Because somebody's going to make it, but you know it better be a soul. So when I get to California, I'll be giving you a call. Oh, because somebody's gonna make it, but you know it better be us all. Do you know, uh, after you finished writing a song, do you know intuitively that that's a song people are going to be humming when they leave one of your shows? No. Um, I suppose, I, I suppose on the onset of writing a song, um, like one of the newer ones I'm hoping to do tonight, um, you know, when a song's more commercially favored than the next, um, but my favorites that I can't get out of my head are far different than, uh, the, you know, the general public. Um, I have my favorites that, uh, you know, I'm just like uh, so excited about, but then people come up to me. Like, that's why I asked you when I walked in today, what were your favorites? And right. you said spinning me. And mm-hmm. that's, that was, that's to me, a, um, you know, a song that came and went and, you know, I, at the time I liked it. Do you aim for uh, like when you're writing, do you find yourself sometimes aiming uh, to write songs that are in a more commercial direction? Um, no. Um, my mentality from the from the get go and it it involves my character i suppose you could say is um my my goal is to not make you bob your head and snap your fingers it's to put a lump on your throat um it's because from the day one the musicians that i'm drawn to were the were the guys that uh you know you could tell spent time on a lyric and you could tell it meant something to them personally and so again to a fault i've stuck to that um, not to a fault yet, but I, I think uh, people have told me it'll put me in a corner eventually, um, which may or may not be the case. But I try to stay very true to my character, um, my my brand, I suppose you could say, um, and keep it very keep it very lyrical. And uh, come what may, um, it they tend to not be that commercial because of it. But I hope to have more of a cult following in the end because of it, rather than a flash in the pan, right. uh, you know, instant gratification type yeah. thing. This actually kind of you know comes into some of the some of the common themes that have actually come up in uh, prior episodes. Um, sort of like the different definition that uh, musicians have about what it means for them to make it. Mm-hmm. You know, like in terms of you know what your your goals are far down the line. Like how do you envision it? How how big do you want to be? Do you have like a ceiling and how big you, you would like to, to get? Or kind of what what does uh, musical success mean to you? Yeah, I had this conversation recently where. Um... I've clicked into the mode of um, I have made it in terms of I have people who I've never met before emailing me, telling me that there's my song has changed their life. I've had people come up to me uh, after shows who I've never met shaking my hand with that look in their eye. Like you made my night type thing. And um, cause before a younger me wanted to be the rock star, you know, yeah. but um, I've recently clicked in the mode of like, okay, Tyler, how big do you want to go? Because you are, you have made a difference to some people. And if some people think you're a rock star, you are type, th- type mentality. 
Uh, but with that said, my goal in life is um, no long. I'm actually um, more of a um, more of a old fashioned guy where I look forward to wife and kid more than I. Uh, I don't think I want to be playing 300 shows a year. Um, I'd like to keep it pretty um, pretty in house. And so my goal is as long as it's a livelihood. Um, I've I've been where I want to be, and then again, you hope you hope your albums that you put out uh, eventually just that cult following is worth more weight in gold than um, you know millions of I suppose screaming teenager type yeah. things. <laughs> we could all use some screaming teenagers. Yeah, I don't, I don't want uh, you I mean, know. I don't want to dismiss that. <laughs> maybe and, and maybe throw in some minions. We exactly. could use some minions and some throngs. Yeah, I want a couple. You know? <laughs> just a few. Yeah, yes, you could exactly. you could breed for minions. My, That's my, important. My, my nieces, for example, are my are my biggest fans. It's oh, yeah. uh, it's it's cute, but um, yes, they, they are. are they are. It's like uh, my family. There, I have a huge family, so I right away have a huge support base. And I guess to answer your question, um, I used to have dreams of stardom, but now um, it seems um, as long as it's a livelihood and as long as I'm changing some people's lives type right. thing, uh, rather than uh, I don't need my face on MTV to feel like I've made it. Now, as far as the tra- we were talking about this a little earlier, yeah. the, the transition and it being a livelihood. Can you talk a little bit about, like, you know, what that whole transition moment was like? <laughs> you know, if it was a moment, how long the moment was? <laughs> it, um, when was it, it? It was a long time in the making. Um, uh, my brother and I had a wallet company that uh, was this, this was DB Clay. The wallets was always my brother's baby, and music was always my baby, and. Uh, Worked side by side with him, and uh, it was going absolutely well. Um, but then, uh, powers that be, uh, you know, shut us down for a bit. And so, though you'll see DB Clay again, I took that as my, well, if I don't do it now, I'll never do it. Um, and so, I have the luxury of being a songwriter um, to where I can, I can play a, a venue solo. Um, so I have that luxury uh, rather than being a professional guitarist, for example, where you're dependent on a band. Um, making it or something like that. I have the luxury to where I can uh, play a lot of private parties. Uh, I can stay busy. I can play public venues. And so to me, it was uh, a long time coming, but it was just that moment of, um, um, you know, take the plunge while, while it's there. Um, and so um, October 15th was the official, um, was the official last paycheck, I suppose you could say. And That's so, fantastic. So it's, you know, four months, three months. Um, and here I am. And my spring is booked I'm, and my summer has even got a lot of festivals and stuff. And so it's, it's a lot of faith and it, I, I rely a lot on my network in terms of I emailed people pretty blatantly saying I could only make this work through you. And so I've had a lot of people hire me for private events and uh, festivals and, um, uh, and that sort of thing. And so there's a leap of faith uh, by every extent of the word, but um, y- you know when it's going to, when it legit logistically can work or not. Right. And did you experience like when you didn't have that backup plan anymore, did that actually kind of, maybe it was just the fear of it or something, but did that help, help uh, um, create more opportunities just because you had to? Well, I'll tell you right now there as a, as a musician there, uh, I can work 10 hours a day on the internet, yeah. filling out applications, yeah. answering interview questions, uh, beefing up my MySpace page, stuff like that. Um, and so um, 
but with with a day job you don't get a lot of time to do a lot of that um stuff that really does help a musician um just the the guerrilla marketing type thing and so it was a leap of faith and it was a plunge but at the same time um you can stay busy um all day long even if you're not i tell people 10 percent of what i do is playing music 10 percent of what i do is writing music and about 80 percent of what i do is um uh, I suppose spanning people, <laughs> you know, in a lot of ways, it marketing, marketing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know, know if I even answered your question there, no, but, great. Yeah. um, let's, it wrote itself. let's, uh, let's, let's do one more song now. And when we come back, I, I'd like to talk a little bit about the difference, sort of the cognitive difference uh, between having a band, being a front man for a band and deciding to do it as your own brand. I think that's a, that's a really interesting discussion i'm curious how you got there i'm gonna do a song that's actually called wyoming um i was born and raised there um and it's one of those very special places to my heart and so um i did a little research on the state itself actually to try to uh, to try to do some justice to it and to me it's a it's a tribute to the last good plot of land is is how i kind of preface it um but if I can tell a little bit of a story, I think the best, the co- coolest thing I found when I did the research was um, Lewis and Clark uh, went trudging through Wyoming and they documented in their journal what they had found. Um, and then they, it, they took it back to home base and, you know, everybody read about this mountain range pinned up against the prairies and, you know, just majesty, majesty, majesty. And, uh, um, there were naysayers, you know, that's got to be fiction, you know, a place like that can't exist. The world started to run With the turning of the sun And cities rose from town Quiet turned to sound But that place stayed the same That's why only And so the legends say That explorers tried to explain But the beauties that they found Were too much to write down And so as fiction they believed Smells remain, 
And I know Adam's never seen such a scene And neither Eden or his dream Even if what stopped the stare God's most perfect That's one thing I believe Is he made a wild man Sunny day could quickly turn to rain, but we don't mind because all of the sweetest smells remain. And all the years hang on the wind above this last good plot of land. Hear its echo in the trees And I hear its whisper on my knee Or even dust can't be a king In Wyoming Hey even dust can't be a king In Wyoming It's Wyoming by Tyler Stenson. Tyler, that's fantastic. That's a new one? No, or that's, that's a new song. That's yeah. a new song? Yeah. That's beautiful. What, is it, what did it take for you to make the decision to brand yourself versus to really focus on the band on Lander or Rhetoric Tuesday? Um, kind of a lot of uh, a series of hit and miss occasions. Um, kind of a lot of... Uh, uh, to put it dramatically, broken hopes type thing where um, I built Rhetoric Tuesday up to a solid following and then it eventually, uh, you know, the natural tendency for things is to crumble, you know. Um, and so it fell and then so I switched over to Lander and then that was another series of build it up, build it up, build it up, high hopes and then um, certain things didn't work out. And so um, I had essentially built two brands that uh, that eventually failed and then I looked back and I felt I had wasted six years of Tyler Stenson because I had, I had written all the songs. They were both essentially my, pro my projects. I compiled them from start to finish and saw them through. 
And so at the very end, I said to myself, Tyler, um, you know, um, you were the constant through it all. Why don't you just go as Tyler Stenson? Therefore, no more wasted time, uh, you know, no more misspellings, you know, uh, that sort of thing. It just, to me, it just returned to the basics is what it was. So what's next for you? What, what is, what does 2009 uh, bring you? What were your resolutions? My resolutions for 2009 is to record a music video, which I'm halfway through. Um, I've got the I've got the playing portion down, but there's mm-hmm. going to be a storyline to it. So we oh, you got to have the the soap opera. Yeah, we need to shoot the we need story the drama. Yeah. yeah. So uh, so my resolutions are um, to complete a music video to play at the Aladdin Theater. That was kind of a not superficial, but a, a blatant. I want to play at the Aladdin this mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to do my first tour. I've done individual performances all over this country but i have never you know done the romantic get in the car with yeah. the guitar and set out so live in your car for 180 it, it, days exactly i figure while i'm young and while i'm single uh it's time to do that um because again uh portland um has been great but other than the internet folk i'm not out there type thing um so that was a new year's resolution and then again um uh, is to take this thing I'm doing musically and um, establish a business out of it. Um, I had the opportunity to speak to a, uh, one of the accounting representatives for the Rolling Stones, and he, I picked his brain for an hour and a half wow. uh, about how a guy like me owes the least amount at the end of the year and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and you know, um, how to be legitimate. You know, I, I'd like to get... I'd like to owe the least amount at the end of the year and not be in jail as <laughs> yeah. a result, whatever yeah. that and, takes. Yeah, and, and I want to live a good life, yeah. you know? And so uh, basically managing finances, but I want to legitimize as much as I can. And uh, my goal is to just to take this thing that I'm doing in 2009 and to um, uh, just solidify it. Uh, make, you know, it's no, no longer call it the plunge, call it the business. The business. It is what I do. Let's do one more song uh, okay. before we uh, before we close up here. What are we going to hear? It's a brand new song. Uh, it's called The Road. I just finished reading a book called The Road um, by Corm- Cormac McCarthy. Sure, yeah. yeah, and um, it's a bleak, dark book. It's uh, The book is about a father and a son, and they're the last couple humans on Earth, and so they're each other's world entire is, is, the, is the quote. And the whole book is about them walking down a road to the coast to try to find food and supplies and stuff. And um, um, they're all they had. And so I decided to write a sweet song. (laughs) I decided to write a sweet song about, well, who would I want to walk down the road with? Well, who would I want to walk down the road with? You know, if I was the last person on earth, who would I want to walk down the road with? It was called The Road. Where I am, I can see where I need to be But it's a long way down and it's a million miles from me But never once did the distance daunt a rambling man So I lead with my boot heels followed by an empty hand But honey, I'm not the type of guy that believes in fate 
But I'm also not the type to deny how well you're made And since I like the way you move I'm prepared to wait till you're ready to go Cause all I'd give to have your hand on my way down the Alone I'm fine, but with you I got all I need And you can finally get your sleep with that some comfort in me And when you wake we'll head out for the beautiful sunset The one that looks like you, all pretty pink and violet But honey, I'm not the type of guy that believes in fate But I'm also not the type to deny how well you're made And since I love the way you move I'm prepared to wait till you're ready to go Cause all I'd give to have your hand on my way the road and I want you walking with me Well honey I'm not the type of guy that believes in fate But I'm also not the type to deny how well you're made And since I'm wild about the way you move I'm prepared to wait till you're ready to go All I'd give to have your hand on my way down the road. Oh, cause all I'd give to have your hand on my way down the road. Well, now that's a very sweet song. There we go, see? I've got a couple. I wasn't depressed <laughs> by that at all. <laughs> well, that's the thing is that the book was so bleak and gray. I finished it going, well, there's a message behind this, yeah. but I want it to be a good one. <laughs> you know, you, when you perform that song, you should put a PowerPoint or something up with just pictures of the end of the world behind you. Because you I know. <laughs> I think this is, let me show you my inspiration behind the sweetest song I've ever written. <laughs> yeah, you should know that this is actually a pretty gray song. but Great book, though. That's fantastic. Uh, uh, Tyler Stenson, thank you so much. Where, where do people uh, uh, f- uh, find you? Well, uh, If they want to find more of you, where would they go? First and foremost, tylerstenson.com. Uh, and that will point you to any website I've ever been a part of. Uh, a, mine, but then it'll point you to my CD baby where you can buy all my music, uh, iTunes where you can buy all my music. Um, and that's probably the best place, tylerstenson.com. And, and I, wanna, I, I do want to be specific. Because of the challenges you have been through, and while people will likely have to search hard for Princess Willie, 
it, the the band names you're searching for are Rhetoric Tuesday, Lander, and then Ty, uh, Tyler Stenson and Lander. Yes. And then just playing Tyler Stenson. And then you can get all of them. Yeah. It, well, if you go to TylerStenson.com, <clears throat> um, I've made a... Uh, catalog. I, I made a point of pointing out this is Rhetoric Tuesday era. This is the Lander era, etc. And uh, it's a whole geological chain of. It is. I'm trying to find yeah. how to how to blend them all together because yeah. they are all my like uh, Rhetoric Tuesday is my CD. You know. Yeah. And so, well, and it's all great music. It is all great music. I really appreciate you. you stopping by and and. Oh, uh, I'm happy to do it. Thanks, guys. Hanging out with us. It's been a real treat. Yeah, thanks very much. That's been Visit the website, follow us on uh, at AcousticConversations.com, follow us on Twitter. We just set up the Twitter account for the show this year, AC Convo, and I think uh, I have one follower, and it's my other Twitter account, <laughs> because I set it up like two hours ago. Oh. Yeah. So uh, definitely follow that for uh, news of releases of the show and new tracks as they are available on the website. Uh, that would be a good thing. Um, you can find uh, Kurt, where can people find you? KurtSifford.com. KurtSifford.com. Probably the best, yeah. Okay. Uh, you can find me at fifthandmain.com. Follow me on Twitter at Pete Wright. Uh, other than that, uh, thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. She might say, Get away, get away. I wish I could, cause then now I could be all well. I could be all well and I I might finally get some sleep one night all night and night I might finally cry and so there's not room in this town for the both of us and one of us should get up we should go Drove by your house out just to tell you how I feel. But it looks like that's something you already know.